guys, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network, and I am very stoked for this week's episode. Of course, coming off of last week's uh, interview with Don't Die Miles, love the response there. He's an outstanding young talent. Um, and I'm glad that I got to speak with him right before OWA Good Trouble went live and uh, Miles showed out against Trisadora in that Pan-African World Diaspora Wrestling Championship match there, as well as everybody else on that card, O'Shea Edwards, um, you know, PB Smooth, and our guest this week as well, um, the man who faced PB Smooth that night. Um, and honestly, one of the more... Um, high-rising, or recently high-rising names in pro wrestling over the past couple of years, um, especially in the South, uh, one AC Mack. So AC is is a, a very entertaining uh, performer, um, super athletic in the ring as well. Um, I've enjoyed seeing him live a couple of times, and um, he delivers. He, he is a very boisterous personality, and it is one that brings people back, as evidenced by his 798-day reign as the action wrestling champion down there in suburban Atlanta. Um, of course, we're, we're catching AC on this show at a very um, interesting crux uh, in this career because that championship reign came to an end on Friday uh, in a, a match against Eric Royal over uh, in action wrestling in Tyrone, Georgia. Um, but also, you know, coming off of the high of the Good Trouble show um, and all the meaning behind that. And, you know, for the first time in a long time, as, as AC will tell you, is that he's finding himself without any championship gold around his waist and is uh, prepping for the Cassandro Cup as well. Butch versus Gore, ne- Butch versus Gore's next event. Excuse me there. Um, <laughs> which, of course, that we know that that event's already been taped, but it's not debuting until March 28th. Um, so it's just a very interesting time to, to talk to AC and, and you know, kind of go back over his, his career so far. And I don't know. I'm really glad that I had the chance to sit down and talk to him. Um, and I hope that everyone else enjoys the conversation as well. Uh, he's an outstanding personality, and I... Honestly, after talking to him, I can't wait. Even I'm more pumped for the Cassandro Cup, even more than I was before. So, um, I guess without much further ado, let's just go ahead and jump into the conversation here with uh, the Mac of all trades, AC Mac. What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring, and I am very excited to keep the OWA Good Trouble train rolling this week. <laughs> From last week's guest, Don't Die Miles, to this week's guest, who honestly, I, I, I'm sure that he is much more accustomed to doing his own ring entrance <laughs> point, but I will try to do it justice in some way, shape, or form. From the SWATs of Atlanta GA, the... 798 day reign as yeah. the action wrestling champion unfortunately has come to an end but that does not erase the history that was made with that reign <laughs> the mac of all trades ac mac how are you doing today what's up man thanks for that i approve i approve awesome i i appreciate it i wanted to do things at least somewhat right i can't top you i don't have a belt to hold above my head for you 
or else I would. Me either now. Ugh. Oh, God. I know. Well, <laughs> you know what? Let's, let's start there. Let's start there because that's like, I think this might be the first. I, I, I don't know if this is the first time you've talked since losing the belt on Friday. Um, mm-hmm. It was only like a, a few days ago at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. This is, I did one last week, but it was before the show. Mm-hmm. So, yes, this is the first official podcast or just anything that I've done since losing my baby. <laughs> Lord, how does it? Well, I guess the first question would be, how does it feel to not like for the first time in over two years to not have Alice by your side? Well, it feels weird because once, you know, you once you have her for that long, she becomes a part of your gear. She becomes a part of the gimmick. You know, I, I've gone to so many different states and so many different shows with her. Uh, so now it just kind of feels weird without her and not even just Alice, but this is the first time I've been without a belt since April of 2017. So yeah, it's, it's like really weird for me. I know people are like, Oh, they're just props, but no, like I've had them for so long that they're not props. They're a part of me, you know? So it's a little weird. (laughs) Is, does it present like a new challenge now for, for an AC Mac without any championship gold to kind of like, carry around and, and put sort of a not necessarily like a personality trait onto it yeah but, you know so it, it is part like you said it's part of the character part of you you know yeah so does it does it kind of bring it bring a new challenge for you when it comes to yeah i definitely think so definitely a new challenge want to freshen up a few things uh maybe change some things around maybe you know use some other nicknames and uh it, it opens up um some time and responsibility to kind of go and maybe challenge for other titles or, you know, maybe go to other places and kind of build up in the ranks there. So I'm interested to see what, what comes of this and where we go from here. <laughs> How did it feel that moment on Friday night, whenever like you, you were pinned and you did lose the championship? Like what was the first, what was the first thought that kind of ran through your head when you realized you weren't the action wrestling champion anymore? <laughs> um, I don't know if if the people watching live could could tell, uh, but I there were real tears, man, being shed. Uh, just the drama of the whole storyline and how they all came full circle, and you know their hero is losing their, his championship. So it, it was really surreal. Uh, you know, we all know that this is entertainment, but sometimes we as performers kind of lose ourselves in the performance. And uh, I think that's kind of what happened there. It was like, you know, somebody took my baby away from me, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's, it, it was weird. You know, it was a definitely a good moment though. Um, definitely memorable. So I'm excited for that. Uh, and I knew months prior that that was the plan and, you know, it was going to be in February, uh, but it was still just like living. It was like, oh man, it's just, we're here now, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it became real. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it became real. It was man. Uh, it's interesting you speak to like the cyclical nature of it though, because like I think that match with with you and Eric Royal, which I love the match by the way. I'll just get that out thank right you. out of the uh, thank you, the, thank you, thank you. There, um, but it did have a lot of like callbacks to like two and a half years ahead. Like, like I'm glad I, you caught that. Yes, <laughs> yes, so many, especially the finish, because like you had Alan Angels come back. And, mm-hmm. and the, I remember specifically the sequence in the first championship match where you won the belt, where Alan Angels hits that, um, his, his um, I can't remember what he calls it, but where he grabs arms and does the, uh, the backcracker and mm-hmm, pushes. The waist ever, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And pushes, um, I believe it was Slim J yep. into you and you hit the MAC-10 and eliminate him yep. from the match. 
and then it comes back to this where Alan Angels comes in, supposedly the hero to help save you from from the yeah. bounty hunter, uh, Graham. I I'm so I'm so bad with names. I apologize to, to Graham. <laughs> um, but um, he'll know. <laughs> yes, and and he comes back, and then he turns on you and does the exact same thing that you and and he did to Slim J, but with mm. you and Eric Royal into uh the finish there like it's just it's just so well booked down there is, is that like is that from like the mind of matt or is that like a collaborative effort between all of y'all down there or? um i think it's a collaborative effort uh mm -hmm. because we there were so many different instances where i was supposed to lose the belt and something would happen somebody would quit or somebody would get signed or matt would just change his mind when we settled down with the alan angels idea uh, we were like, okay, boom, this is what we're going to do. But then after we made the decision, we started to notice, oh, well, you know, we did this in the fatal four way. And then I pinned him in that, oh, that would be perfect. If he came back around, you know, it's all full circle now. Uh, so let's, okay, well, let's make the finish this way. So it just kind of snowballed into, I guess the irony or the poetry, I guess you could say uh, of the ending. And, and I, absolutely loved it uh that's moments like that are like why i fell in love with wrestling big callbacks like that big stories big drama so um i loved how it played out uh it, it started off i guess you could say it was a mistake at first like it just happened by chance and then once we noticed it we were like oh yeah let's play this up let's play this up mm -hmm. so that was pretty cool to do <laughs> no, and, and it was executed really well. There's a lot of emotion in there. I'm I'm glad that they gave y'all as much time as they did for, for that match for everything to play out the way it did. They did not. They no. Did not. Oh no. <laughs> so somebody go um, long. <laughs> ooh, brother. We we were, I think, yes, we had 12 minutes on the sheet. And so me and Eric are out there, and the ref gives us the time. He says, just so y'all know, they're not mad, but y'all at 20. And we were like, oh, okay, well, we need to wrap this up because that was not the plan. Uh, when we were calling it, I thought we were gonna go a little under mm. uh, just because when you're calling things and you're kind of moving through it really, really fast. And just the fact that we went that long, like it's kind of blessing and a curse. Like it's a little, you know, uh, unresponsible. Like you're not supposed to do that, but luckily, you know, they weren't mad about it at all. They, you know, we were all kind of in agreement that this was a moment. So they were just like, ah, just do what you want. But I just thought that was so funny. Yeah, <laughs> we did <laughs> that, not have the time. That makes actually, it's actually pretty funny because like watching the show, like on commentary, you had Dylan Hales there, like constantly saying like, well, we don't, like we're on a set time. Like we're only, we're, on, we're live on IWTV oh, right now. Boy. Like we got to keep things moving. Like this wasn't even during your match. I just, it just, it's just so funny to me like to hear like that and then combine with that and just like, yeah, okay, <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> I'm sure I get a call from Dylan soon. Like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. Um, well, another thing, real quick, uh, talking about the cycl the cyclical nature of, of your title reign there. Whenever you won the belt, you were one of like you were the premier heel of, of mm -hmm. action. And by the time you lost it, the crowd had, had turned around. Um, and you were like the the biggest good guy cheered person there. Um, maybe like you and the I've been to one action show. And I think mm -hmm. the two people who got the most response there out of anybody were you and Matt Sells. Mm -hmm. um, but Matt. yeah, <laughs> but like, but seeing um, 
seeing that that shift in the audience response in the audience's response to you like when did you start kind of noticing that and when did you start kind of like embracing that as opposed to the stellar heel work you had been doing um so i actually noticed it i don't want to say immediately but there i guess there was kind of a respect thing there there were a few fans there that that rocked with me from the beginning um so i do want to point that out um, but there was one point in, in, the, in the rain where Matt was like, we have to make this hard switch. You can still be you and you can do you or whatever, but we have to make this hard switch just because of the dynamic of the roster. Uh, you know, the alignments weren't even, uh, at one point we probably had too many faces or we had too many heels. So there was a time where I just had to make that switch. Um, and as much as I was reluctant to do it, you know, we did it and it worked, thank God. Uh, so we were able to, to switch the dynamics up and to me, for me to have a whole new fleet of opponents. So uh, that was the main reason why we, we made the switch. And thankfully the fans, they were with it. And so that's how that happened. Yeah, we, <laughs> I saved the company. The storyline was, you know, he ran out of people to help him in the match and they like ran to the back and grabbed me. So the way they did it worked. It wasn't just me, you know, switching cold turkey. It was a gradual like, oh, okay, you know, he's still an ass, but you know, he he's our ass, you know, he, he rocks with us. <laughs> that is very so. much the vibe that I got whenever I went to an action show. I went, I think I went to the show where you and Kane Justice main evented. And, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and like that, even then, like I think that was previous to to the actual like full turn, but mm-hmm. then like you could tell like there was a a portion of the audience that was with you. And yeah. like, it was just, I don't know, like I, it, you could see that whenever this happens, it will work. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. You sound like them. Like, it'll work. It'll work. It'll work. <laughs> Did you it's not like, believe uh, it would? Yeah. Part of me didn't believe it would. And then part of me, honestly, I just, I know that in order to be a good wrestler, everybody's supposed to be able to work either way. But I'm a firm believer that some people are just meant to be either face or a heel. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm just meant to be a heel. That's that's what it is. And so many other people, uh, not fans, but just like, you know, bookers and things like that. They're like, oh, no, dude, you're the biggest baby face. Like, you, you can rock with this. You can do this. I'm like, oh, I guess. <laughs> each one each one has been correct so far. So I guess they know what they're talking about. But, man, it's I have so much more fun as a heel. And I mean, you probably hear that often, but yeah, I, I just prefer heel, man. <laughs> I think that there's a common refrain there, but but I mean, like it it comes across well, you know, like, mm-hmm. I think that, that you accomplish that well, very well in that you kind of like still have a cool factor to you, even whenever you are being a complete asshole, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> And like, I don't know, like it, to me, like those are some of the more endearing characters to me personally, because like, I don't know, like there's just something about, it has an element of like being like so much of your own person mm. and, and having such a high level of confidence in yourself that a lot of people that maybe don't have that same like sort of level of self-confidence can see like, okay, well, maybe this is, is accomplishable. Maybe this is something that I can buy into if this person is, mm-hmm. even if they are just a dick, like maybe I can be like, get somewhere there, you know? Like, yeah, I, relatable. I, exactly. Yeah, 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 I agree. Mm-hmm. 
I agree. Uh, That's a fair assessment. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, so you talked about like beginnings. Let's let's uh, back, dial back here a little bit before we get into some of the more current stuff that's been going on. Let's talk mm -hmm. about your your beginnings in pro wrestling. At what when did you first uh, discover pro wrestling, and when did you first kind of like become a fan? Uh, um, so I first discovered wrestling when I was in elementary school um, from my friends at school. Uh, at that time, it, it was during the Attitude Era where wrestling was just the hottest that it's ever been to where even if you didn't watch it like I didn't at the time, you still knew who the main guys were. You still knew what the stories were uh, just because it was so big. So I would hear some things and I would kind of jump in and jump out. I, you know, I knew who The Rock and Austin were and I would catch a few events. Um, but it wasn't until uh, early, early Ruthless Aggression, 03, when I really kind of buckled down and started watching on a consistent basis, um, I think that that elimination chamber at SummerSlam of 03 was like when I like one of my earliest consistent memories. Um, so, yeah, no, that's, that's a that's an interesting point to jump on in, in a way, because like, I don't know, like 2003, like that that elimination chamber. Um, is an interesting one because that's the one with uh with Goldberg, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. The Goldberg. Yeah, that was Nash. a really short one too. Yeah. With yeah, <laughs> like one of the shortest <laughs> ones. But it's still like right. it, it's still like it has a, it's exciting moments and 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 I'm always I'm a firm believer in the adage that every match and every wrestler is someone's favorite match and someone's favorite wrestler. Mm -hmm. You know, so. I don't know. Like, what was it about that that drew you? And was it just the spectacle of the chamber, or was it any specific personality? Or I think it was the personalities. Um, I think so. In 03, even though it was a little earlier on, you had the Rock's heel run, the Hollywood, which is a huge. That's probably probably the biggest wrestling inspiration for my character. Um, you had that and then just Chris Jericho just on the mic every week. It, it was really interesting. And then we had a uh, Goldberg who, you know, from Atlanta, hometown hero, no matter what he's doing. And I never really watched WCW live, but I knew who Goldberg was just because I'm from Atlanta. Um, so all of those just kind of in that little melting pot with him finally coming to WWE. I was like, all right, well, let's let's see what this is about. Let's 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 jump in consistently and see what's going on. And I was hooked ever since. The pageantry of it all, the stories, the drama. Um, it was like a live play on steroids. Mm. They had all this pyro. Everybody had their own characters and, and meet this loud music and all this action going on. So I, I just, I couldn't turn away. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's very intoxicating in a way, you know, like, it, it, and it gives you something to... I don't know. It, it gives you something very bombastic to latch onto in a way. Yeah. Like, and it's just, especially for someone who eventually wants to get into the ring themselves. Like, yeah. Like I think the, the overall like presentation of it is, is a major factor in, in creating mm -hmm. that buy-in. Um, at what point did you first decide that this is something that you wanted to do coming from that? Um, the night of WrestleMania uh 22 oh okay 22 in 2006 um i was in middle school uh me and my two best friends we would always get together every month and watch the pay-per-views uh we got there super super early for mania 
Um, and we went out to the playground, like his subdivision had like this jungle gym area in the center. Um, and it like made like a perfect square. Like everything was like built around the square. Um, and so we were just bored and we decided to do some backyard wrestling. And the louder we got, the more people came out and we thought we were gonna get in trouble, but they were just watching. Look at these wild ass kids out here just <laughs> killing each other. So we, <laughs> we, we did that and I started to, I guess, realize like what they would react to. Oh, if I do this, oh, they make that noise. And like, it was just really cool to see. And I just remember not wanting to stop. Um, it was time for the show to start, for WrestleMania to start. And I remember thinking, man, like I, I really had a lot of fun doing that. And then we watched the whole WrestleMania 22, which is one of my, still one of my favorites. I thought it was a really good one. And then I think the next day or the next week, I just kind of Googled uh, how much a wrestler makes or like what, what it all entails. And once I saw how much they traveled and how much they could possibly make, I think Cena was like the top guy. Yeah. So I started to look up like the net worth and salaries for Cena, Triple H, Undertaker. And I was like, oh, well, if this is fun and they're making that and traveling and yeah, 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 let's just do this. I want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very clinical approach to it. I yeah. <laughs> like... Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, growing up with the ex Marine and just everything ah. is so disciplined and plan this and plan that and everything's by regiment that I couldn't help it. Yeah, I, I can help it. <laughs> oh no, it's smart, honestly. Like, I mean, you look at a career path. You want to see, like, what's the what's the financial potential there? Like, right. Know, like, you want to make sure you're taken care of. No, I totally get that. I'm really curious about the fact that even in middle school, like doing like a backyard wrestling on on a jungle gym, like you're starting mm. to already recognize fan response. Yeah, even from that, and, and that's think, something that's so. Sorry, I don't mean to. I didn't mean to cut you off. What oh you no, 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 you're good. I was just going to add really quick. I think that was one of the determining factors. Like mm. you know, you you're kind of commanding this energy from them, and that response is like addictive. So I think that that was a huge part of it. Yeah. What? Why do you think that you noticed that that quickly? Because there are some people that you know don't really even factor that into the mm -hmm. the performance aspect of pro wrestling until they're like get into training or even like, like yeah. into with extensive training. Like I think for me personally, um, I had experience with, with theater and plays uh, early on, not consistently, not a whole lot, uh, but enough to be somewhat comfortable in front of a crowd. Um, and then when you go to a play, their response is different from, Go, going to a professional professional wrestling event a play like you'll get a response you'll get a nice clap and blah 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 but like this was like that on steroids i was like oh man this is this is 10 times what we would get in playing santa claus in a play or being in the church choir or being in a church play or whatever so i don't know it was just like man this is really turned up i like this and I just kept that into account. And, and when and when you're watching on a consistent basis, you see the top guys do the same thing. They're responding to the crowd, especially somebody like Cena and the way he structures his matches or the lack thereof for that sole purpose to see where the crowd is going to go. Um, and when, when you're watching those top guys and you see that they're doing that and you're like, oh, OK, so that's the right direction. And you just kind of lean towards that 
And I think I think it all helped. And just just knowing that in the back of my mind and picking up on that, I think that helped. No, I mean, it definitely did. I mean, that's, I'd say that's a, a heavy factor in anyone that wants to get into this business mm-hmm. is to understand that call and response um, aspect of it. So uh, you were like ahead of the game in, in a way. <laughs> like in thank God, school. I had no idea, but thank God. <laughs> <laughs> so at what point do you actually start like looking for training schools now? Um, honestly, probably in that same search. Oh, wow. Okay. Probably in that same search around 06, 07. I said, okay, boom all right, I think I want to do this. They make this much. They, they All this traveling, they get to wrestle every week. This is what I want to do. Okay, how does this work? Google the, the process. They were like, wrestling school. I'm like, a wrestling school? Never heard of that. Wrestling schools in Atlanta. That's what I started doing. And I found the WWA4. Uh, wasn't old enough to join then, uh, but I saw that their students put on free shows every Thursday which I'm so proud to say that is a tradition that still holds true till today. They, every, even through the pandemic, there are still shows every Thursday and it's absolutely free. Wow. Um, so I would go, I would, by the time I got to high school, I got my license and I would ask to borrow a car every week just to go down there in this building behind the strip club <laughs> in a very, very shady area, but it was free wrestling. It was free. You couldn't beat that. And, that was when I first started to see people like uh, A.R. Fox. I started to see Jonathan Gresham. I started to see Apollo Crews, uh, you know, uh, Black Baron, all these people I got to see for free. And it was incredible. Um, and so I just said, I'm going to keep coming here until I can until I can join, until I'm old enough. So those free shows really, really helped kind of solidify. Not only do I want to do this, but I'm definitely coming here. That money's a little steep, but effort. I'm coming here. I'm gonna do it. No, like I, I remember whenever WWA four was was running those shows as well, and mm-hmm. you know, wherever I, whenever I lived in Atlanta, and um, yeah, like that, that's such a, a a valuable entry point there, just to be able to go and see. Not to mention, like, not only just seeing the shows for free, but seeing the level of talent that was there. That now, like yes. a decade later, like. Holy yes. God. Like I, I still look at Jonathan Gresham now and I'm like, I remember him like in like the same, like off of I 20 West yeah, and like, a, like a warehouse almost behind a strip club. <laughs> so, like, and so quiet and to himself, mm-hmm. it, it was cool to see. It was definitely cool to see. I had no idea that they would go on to do these great things. Like, of course we want them to, but yeah. I just, I had no idea that what I was getting was gold for free (laughs) so it blows my mind every time I think about it no I I do want to ask you about training there because obviously you did start at WWA4 um to to train under AR Fox um but I do have to ask because I I will admit like I look at one point I did look into WWA4 as well and I did I got the the CD-ROMs with Elix oh wow I don't know if did did you ever get those like the I didn't I didn't get those. I think my generation, I think when we came in, it was like right after that. Because okay. when I was in school and looked them up, I do remember seeing, you know, you pay $100 and you get this disc and it's got this many moves on it. I do remember seeing those. Yeah. But by the time I was actually able to join, I don't think they were doing them anymore. I don't oh, think. Okay. 
but I know exactly what you're talking about. Man, that's <laughs> man, that's old school. It's, it's a it's a fucking deep cut. <laughs> I still wow. have them somewhere around here, like like in like a CD case or something. I'm gonna have to tell Ashton and them that I I haven't heard anybody mention that in years. <laughs> Honestly, like I didn't even know who to, I. This is probably the first time I've told anybody that I have those because I don't know anybody else who would know what the hell I'm talking about. Man, so. we you, we got to do a follow up. You got to like show up to me like in person. Oh, oh, for sure. Like they're probably like this bin back here. They're probably somewhere in there. Like if I had to guess. So wow, we'll man, see. I was not expecting to hear that tonight. No, I mean, I really was. I, I don't know. Like I just hear that's just like the one thing that sticks in my head about WWA four. Mm-hmm. Other than like the the shows is just like the how the varied their approach was to try and like mm-hmm. you know help people realize that this is something that they could do and yeah. get people early starts in training so whenever you're old enough you go to wwa4 um mm-hmm. at that point was ar fox your your main trainer there yeah so when i first started i started in 2016 and hughes was still there actually okay it was hughes and fox both doing it um i think maybe hughes was there maybe about a month or two before they had a falling out and uh so hughes leaves and it's just mainly fox so which is basically, so I would just say, hey, it was basically Fox. <laughs> because so, he was he was more, when I first got there, even though they were both there, Fox would take the beginners on over here and then Hughes would handle the people with experience and they would run drills and, and matches or whatever. So by the time, before I was even able to be considered somewhat have experience or move on to another level, he was already gone. So Fox just kind of took over from there. And so basically that whole time he was just my trainer. So yeah, it's just easier to explain it, you know, that way. <laughs> I mean, no, it, it makes sense, you know, in, in that way. Um, what was it like training under AR Fox? He's like, that dude is a, a legend in the South. Like I seen him in so many independent shows down that way. I, so I, I'm trying to even like begin, first of all, he is everything people says he is and more. Uh, he is way better than anybody gives him credit for. It's insane uh, because everybody, I think people look at him and they think, oh, okay, he's this kind of guy. He's a hot flyer or he does that. But like his knowledge for so many other styles, it, it it blows my mind. The fact that we were all able to be ourselves. We weren't forced to train his style you know if somebody wanted to be a brawler or they wanted to be a technical wrestler or more of a showman he was able to kind of hone in and really help you develop whatever you wanted to do or whoever you wanted to be um it was so weird because we would have ideas and we would bring it to him and he would be like oh okay that's good but what if you tried it this way he was he was he always had a way to elevate anything that you wanted to do or were doing um and he he gave us uh this this freedom he never really said no um anything that you had or that you wanted to do he was able to kind of find a way to make it work no matter how silly the gimmick was no matter how over the top or or how boring a gimmick was he always had a way to make it work and i thought that was so cool because everybody got to see that on the thursday shows um and he was more of a a uh, trial by fire kind of guy, you know, uh, and which at first was, it was kind of jarring, but I, I think it works. You know, that's the best teacher 
you know? So you, you would train for a few months, but after a while, we're like, all right, we need to get you in the ring. We need to get you on these shows on Thursday because that's going to be your first like exposure to like a live crowd, you know? And we try to get you in that as soon as you can so you can learn that way because you can only learn so much by doing drills, you know? And he was like, all right, you're ready, let's go. And you're like, no, I don't think I'm ready. You're like, no, 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 you're ready, let's go. <laughs> So it was, it was, it was very funny and very fun. Yeah. Yeah. What was your, your first match on those Thursday shows? Do you remember? Yes. My first match, it was me and David Ali against Austin Theory and Kevin Zander uh, in a tag team match. And it was the main event of the Thursday show. Oh, wow. I was a wreck. But it came out well. Um, but yeah, I, I, ooh, I did not think I was ready. <laughs> I will say that. <laughs> Any particular reason why? Or just like, like how long um, had you been training at that point? So this was in June. And I started training in February. February 8th. That was my anniversary. And there were people that weren't training as long and were already in the shows. I had to hang back because we needed a referee. We needed a commentator. We needed this, 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 and that. And I did those things. But when it was finally time for me to join, I, well, to debut, I was like, oof, I don't know. Just the second guessing, the doubt, the nerves, um, all that, you know, all the normal anxiety stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was theory. It was theory who really pushed me and was like, no, 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 you got this. Come on, let's go. He, he, he he was a he was a locker room leader way before evolve way before signing to the WWE he just he had that mentality he would work the hardest and he would push whoever was around him to work harder so that's what helped mm. but yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> a scary night boy <laughs> so at this point do you already kind of see AC Mac coming together as as the loudmouth persona that you have or like where were you where were you at in terms of like developing the the character at this point I was one of the lucky ones everything just kind of fell into place to be mm-hmm. honest um cuz like I said I was doing so many other things before debuting in the show um, so I was in the announcer, like a ring announcer. And, um, I knew I wanted to be like a chicken shit heel. I knew I wanted to be a heel, but I didn't know like what kind or what the actual character would be. Um, so when I debuted in the show, they already knew me as the announcer. So I just kind of carried that over and would be like this dick and just, you know, announce myself and do the Kennedy gimmick. And then everything just kind of snowballed from there. Like, you know, you're the loud mouth because of this it's it's something tangible they can see it and like oh okay that's easy we can categorize that you know what i'm saying so it just kind of worked and i appreciate it because there wasn't like a evil genius kind of step one step two it just kind of naturally flowed together so i'm very very grateful for that no i mean it it does it it feels organic in in the in the way that a, a good persona does and that it does definitely feels like you know, an, an amped up version of, of yourself in some ways, just mm-hmm. like, you know, listening to other interviews that you've done and just like kind of getting a feel for your own personality. Like it, mm-hmm. it definitely, I think it comes through and like, I think the old adage of like, you know, find your character as like part of you and then, and then crank mm-hmm. it up is, is a, yeah. you know, a, a very important thing to, to keep in mind. But um, 
at what point did you start like kind of branching out from WWA four and start like taking uh, other uh, promotions? Um, so we did Lucha Lucha here in Atlanta. We did FIP down in Florida, um, but these were all sporadic. I, I, I want to say it wasn't until early 2017 where we started doing NCW on Friday nights. This was in the landmark arena uh, up there where NWA Wildside used to be. Um, and they would have this show, which was like the NXT to their Anarchy show. So their Saturday show was like the big show and Friday nights was for the new people to kind of come in and get their feet wet. And I learned a lot there, just being there consistently every single Friday. Uh, it was the first time we really had agents uh, the, the refs had earpieces, so we were getting time cues, uh, storyline wise, some of us would have to do commentary, uh, that was different, uh, at least doing it that way was, um, so yeah, that was our first real consistent exposure outside of the floor, not just me, a lot of us, a lot of my peers, yeah. Yeah. How, how different is that sort of setting compared to like other indies, like, you know, like other other places in in Georgia where they're it's not necessarily um, holding the legacy of something like NWA um, Wildside in that same area mm-hmm. or or um, even just like you know just working with referees that have earpieces for time cues and stuff like that because like a lot of indies don't have that sort of thing like what what really <laughs> what separates those for yourself in terms of like the challenge and and trying to to meet that. Um. Well, when they don't have it, it's it's a the the biggest challenge is is just making it work and making everything flow, uh, because I I think what a lot of people don't realize is that you're on a team with the entire card, so match two has to keep the flow at a pace that the people are still here for the main event, that they haven't seen everything, you know what I'm saying, and and they're not trying to go into business for themselves or whatever the case may be. And when you have agents, that helps kind of spread the wealth. When you have referees with time cues, that helps so things don't go too long. And, and you know, so when you don't have all of that, I think it's really, really hard to make the show flow well. Um, I mean, it depends on who you have, true. But uh, I think the more professional a show is, and if it has all these bells and whistles and these things, it just makes the show flow a lot better yeah mm. no it, it's and it's interesting to see the evolution of that stuff being becoming more prevalent on the independent circuit as well and just kind of mm. helping people kind of like get better at working under those circumstances as well mm-hmm. yeah. i agree all right yens thank you so much for tuning into lgbt in the ring Uh, We'll get right back into the thick of things, but I do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is. Starting off with Daniel Quasar, the Progress Pride Black design by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at quasar.digital. A big thank you to Sarah and the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSWBand, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. 
Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and get a five-day free trial and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and get five days free. Check out that service. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at LGBTRingPod. You can follow me on Twitter at WonderboyOTM. And if you're into video games, definitely check out my video game news show, the Mr. Video Game Super Show. I co-host that with uh, Twitch streamers Slacker Kite and Lady Merwin every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over on twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. So I'm curious to ask you kind of just like about coming up in the in the Atlanta area just as a whole, or like even like yeah. the wider North Georgia, because like whenever I was, was living there, um, this, it felt like Georgia's scene was not as well. It wasn't anywhere near as vibrant as it is now. Right. But, like, it's like, I think whenever I was there, like AWE was just starting to get their feet underneath them. And like, I, like oh, I was wow. going, yeah, I think so. And I was like, <laughs> I was going to like, I was going to like platinum championship wrestling shows. Well, like back in the day, <laughs> like it's back now. It's under different management, but it's back yeah. now. Believe it or not, yeah. <laughs> no, I I think I might have seen some pop up. I'm like, oh, this is okay, cool, whatever. I mean, more the merrier. Like the more the more companies right. out there, it's 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 better. But like there was like a it was a very um young scene at the time in terms of like mm. just the promotions that were coming up and people still trying to get a foothold. And it was interesting to look at from the perspective of like someone who grew up during the Attitude Era and like, looking at how hot WC- WCW was in mm-hmm. that area. What was it like for you um, in the in your early days, like coming up and in the scene? Whenever you had a couple more companies there running, I think Peach State was running by that time as well. Yeah, Peach you were State was up. running. Yeah, what I, was it like for you? I, the the scene blossom. Sorry. <laughs> uh, it, no, no, you're fine. It, it was it happened so fast that I didn't realize that it was happening. Does that make sense? Um, So like when we, we first got out of the four and we're, you know, we're doing some things. We're at NCW. Few of us were at Peach State. A few of us did AWE. Um, But to me, it still felt like uh, all the respect was up North. Mm. Um, All the biggest shows were up North, maybe some out West, but, none in the South, you know, that's the point. Um, and it felt like all the big indie names were from up North and cause they were. Um, and it wasn't until we started getting, you know, promotions like Action, promotions like SCI and, and SUP and, and New South and, and TWE and all these places, they kind of, you know, came together and they were putting on good shows and putting on great talent and the, and the IWTV that's probably our biggest saving grace because they were actually able to showcase what we had down here. Mm. Uh, a lot of us weren't able to travel that often 
and go up north and perform for those shows. And so we were able to showcase our talents down here. And I think people were like, oh, oh, okay. And I, maybe 2018, I want to say, if I had to pick a year, I, I would say 2018. That's where the switch happened. Mm. Yeah. Well, that kind of makes sense because that's the year that action started, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. right? Yep. That, yep. Yeah. So that told And I want to say Powerbomb TV started that same year. Don't quote me. But I, that's my guess, 2018. I think, yeah, I think it was either that year or like shortly before it, I want to say. Maybe, okay. It, yeah, either way, like it was right around the same time period. Right. And and obviously that created a lot of opportunity for people to see these more regional companies mm -hmm. and to see more like talent that, like you said, like can't necessarily travel as often to all these other mm -hmm. places. And I, for me, looking at the, that rise and it – I always come back to the like growth of of hip hop in a way when it comes to looking mm -hmm. at, at at this because yes. like you're talking about like the northeast is ha always yes. had a very vibrant uh, uh indie scene out west over mm -hmm. here where I'm at now like it has a it has a vibrant independent scene but yes. much like uh hip hop Atlanta and that area birthed a completely new thing with these new personalities yes. that just kind of set the, themselves on fire and people started to take notice i always tell people pro wrestling and hip-hop is the same damn thing <laughs> it's the it's the same trajectory you got these rappers out here with gimmicks and they're playing towards their gimmicks it's it's the same thing and i'm so glad that you brought that up because yes i 100 agree the same way the south rose to prominence in the 90s or the late 90s or whatever you want to call it is is the same way that that pro wrestling in the south is kind of growing now as we speak so yes i 100 agree you really just made me happy about that thank you <laughs> no worries well I, I, if that's the case i'm going to pose a question to you who is the dungeon family in of this of this era for for this like because obviously they were the influence coming out of atlanta that really burst onto the scene to put atlanta on the on the lips of so many oh. people, who would you think would be those people? What a question. Um, ooh, uh, I don't want to leave anybody out though, but um, I would I would say myself, I would say uh, Brett Eisen, I would say Fred Yehi. Uh, uh, by default, he's probably our godfather, A.R. Fox, mm -hmm. uh, Anthony Henry, uh Darius Lockhart, JD Drake. Ah, oh, it's so many. And I'm, oh, I don't want to miss anybody. And I know I am. I know I am. Uh Logan Creed, uh, obviously Austin Theory. Anybody out of the four that's signed right now, Lee Johnson, Alan Angels, Leon Ruff. Uh oh, it's so many. Oh, the Florida guys. Oh, fuck, Saeed. Uh, it's so many. Oh, I feel so bad. Uh, I didn't even hit the, the Alabama people. But yes, it, it's a lot of us that are on prominent shows. Uh, O'Shea Edwards. I'm going to just keep going as I think oh, of <laughs> By all means. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of us are we're on prominent shows. We're doing great work. We're putting out great promos consistently. Consistently. So much so that the people are like, what is going on down there? So yeah, I think however many people were in the Dungeon family, we, we multiply that by three. It's like us down here. It's, it's a lot. <laughs>
Oh, man. What a question, man. I've never been asked that. Hey, oh. I, I mean, I'm glad that I could throw you something <laughs> unique. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So for you personally, like 2018 action starts, IWTV, Powerbomb TV starts mm-hmm. like broadcasting out uh, events and, and putting action at a place where m- more people can access the events at what point do you start to notice people outside of the southeast noticing you specifically um sci week a weekend i'm going to say that same year 2018 was that the year that you won the rumble no 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 it was right before i won the rumble okay okay but that was when it first started people from outside of the region started contacting me instead of me being the one to have to drive up there or contact them. Um, And I think that's when I started to honestly really understand what IWTV was. Like they were bragging about, oh, we're on IWTV, we're doing this, we're doing that. I'm like, okay, well, whatever that is, it sounds great, that's cool. But I didn't, (laughs) because I didn't know yet. Um, But yeah, around August, Early August 2018 is when I started to see the early benefits. Like, oh, okay, this could be a thing. This could work. Um, and then 2019, just it was balls to the wall from there, you know. Because of what I did in 2019, um, we we ended up debuting with GCW uh, Beyond. I was able to take the title and and bring it to Beyond. I debuted in the PWI. A lot of that is because of what happened in 2019. So, and then of course, 2020 came and all of that was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, 2020 is, it has been as completely its own beast in, in a yeah. way. But I mean, you, you like so many other wrestlers have been able to, to really um, maintain the a spotlight in a way you know obviously action they took y'all took a break down there for a while but y'all did end up start running shows again um Mm -hmm. during the pandemic um and obviously that also provided opportunities for you to work more with gcw whether it be the Mm -hmm. the for the culture shows or the um the big gay brunch um Mm -hmm. back in october um and then of course uh butch versus gore um that show which you know i'll go ahead and do the th- same thing i do every week on this show i was at butch versus gore it was an outstanding show i loved it to death oh the one in dc yeah 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 the one in dc yes 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 and i think it was hold on let me try to get this right it was trending on twitter uh nationwide i think it was like 16 i think that was the highest i saw it but it was 16th in the in the, in the top trends and i that was the first time I had had been on a show that I know of, at least that had did those numbers. So mm. I was really excited for that. That was a fun show. That was a fun show. No, it definitely, it definitely was. Like I could tell it was just, that was just such a God, like, I, I don't know. That night was just outstanding. And, you know, I'm glad that, that, that show was able to happen before everything did go, mm-hmm. did shut down and everything. But um, speaking specifically to Butch versus Gore though, and, and shows like that, that are more, lgbtq centric you know mm-hmm. like you you don't like put it out there in terms of like your character or anything like that but you you are a gay man mm-hmm. and um how important is it for you to first off be included in in shows like butch versus score and the big gay brunch yeah um, how, how important is that for you uh, as someone who identifies as part of the community oh man i 
first, I just didn't think this would even be a thing. I remember when I started training in 2016, I was told, I won't mention any names, but I was told, you know, you want to keep that under wraps. Like that, mm. that has no place here. Um, and I had just come out beforehand in college. So it was, it was kind of like, you know, 2014, I come out and then now 2016, they're like, no, 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 go back, go back, go back. I'm like, what? Mm. It was very confusing. Um, and just over time, again, slowly, but not so slowly, you know, it, it, we started having different avenues and different lanes for us. Um, so it, it was really, really important. And on top of that, I'm really big on representation. Um, I want people to see that you know, I'm not a gay wrestler. I'm a wrestler first and foremost, who happens to be gay, who happens to be black, who happens to be from the South. Like the wrestling comes first, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, uh, I, I like to be able to show on these shows that, you know, they're different. It sounds so cliche, but like there's, we all come in different shapes and sizes. We don't all uh, snap our fingers. What, what? I forgot what quote that was from, but you know, basically that. So I think it's important for people to see that, uh, for, especially for our communities, especially for the young ones coming up who are lost, um, who don't know who to talk to, who don't know what to do or how to react. So I, I definitely think that's important. Come to the show and we'll show you how. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. And like I, that approach is, 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 I think, one that is very valuable to have because like, let's face it, for the longest time, the only real representation of LGBTQ identities in pro wrestling, you know, mm. was the, the very flamboyant, like gay mm -hmm. panic type mm -hmm. stuff. Rico. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Rico, Rico, Goldust, Adrian Street, like, and then great, like all those people, like, are like all those people I still look back on with like some fond memory, you know, like I, mm -hmm. you know, Goldust was the first wrestler I ever saw. So, like, like that's mm -hmm. like, it sticks with you. But at the same time, like, there are highly problematic elements to all of those characters and they yeah. don't accurately represent just right. how wide and varied the LGBTQ community is. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think it's valuable to have people that, you know, you don't have to like succumb to the stereotypes that are normally present in pro wrestling exactly. to represent yeah. the community. It doesn't have to always be a certain way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No. And, and I think that, having you as, as in that position is very valuable, especially down in the region that you're at. I know Atlanta is a, you know, known as a very like gay friendly city, but at the yes. same, at the same time <laughs> though, like, like there's yes. still problems there, you know, yes. and, and there's still mm -hmm. plenty of youth there that, that don't really see themselves represented in, in a lot of mm -hmm. places media wise. So like, it's a very valuable thing to, to have down there. Yeah, I 100% agree. And it's been so weird, well, not weird, well, good weird, seeing that change. Uh, because between, I graduated from high school in 2011. So between now and then, so like a, de ooh, a decade, ooh. Between, <laughs> <laughs> within that decade has been such a, a rapid change to where, you know, almost every single TV program has representation for that community. So that's it's pretty surreal to see too. Yeah, mm. representation matters. It's not it's not just a, a cool catchphrase. It does something to you in a positive way to be able to see in the media somebody that you relate to. It it does wonders. It does wonders. So I'm glad that we're doing that. Yeah. So at what point did you like you? 
obviously like you're in training you're kind of told to like kind of hide it you know go like almost like sort of closet again like at yeah. what point at what point do you start to kind of realize that you can like like share this part of you in in the wrestling industry again um i got really close with uh austin theory david ali Allen Angels and a guy who doesn't wrestle now, but his name is Tommy Maserati. Those were like my, my four guys. That was the core group at the four. Um, and once, honestly, once they found out and we were all cool with it and we were able to make jokes about it and they still accepted me for me, I just, you know, I, I took the mask off. It was like, there's no point in hiding. Like, that's my group. If they, if they still F with me, I'm good. And come to find out, it was nothing but positive, mm. positive reactions, positive responses uh, when people actually did find out. So uh, in a way, I kind of felt bad for, for keeping it under wraps for so long because it was like, I wasted my time. Like I could have been like more of me to all these people. So, yeah. No, I, I think I found that that's kind of a common sentiment. For, yeah. for people that are in those sort of situations but at the same time like i imagine it was very freeing Ooh, yes <laughs> yes yes man uh, did yes, it, very freeing yes <laughs> yeah did it did it help you at all like because i know sometimes if you're like if you're like working so much to hide a side of yourself like it can affect mm-hmm other things outwardly like did did you notice anything not necessarily just with pro wrestling but just like in in general with your life that that you were able to like enjoy things more or were like better like felt more confident in doing certain things once you were able to finally come out um i think i think yes twice to coming out in like regular life uh, mm-hmm. in college and just because I, I, I did a lot of runway modeling there and I was able to lean more into that and just kind of be more free with that once I let go. And then and then same with wrestling. Like I didn't have to worry about mannerisms or I didn't have to worry about like, oh, well, if you're gay, is your character gay? Well, what does this mean? Like it, it, it just doesn't matter, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think there was, I think there were two different instances in my life to where I was able to okay, say, hey, boom, this is who I am. And then because of it, I don't have to worry about X, Y, Z, yeah. Mm. So having that experience of, of, of like almost like two different coming outs, really. Yeah. Like how, how <laughs> was it for you to, to see like the rise that we've seen in just LGBTQ pro wrestling as a whole, like with these events yeah. that are being held and being, you know, we have the Cassandra Cup coming up that you're yeah. a part of as well. Like what's it been like for you to see like the past year to all these it's, different events? I almost don't believe it, to be honest. I was up there at the collective and I love Effie to death. I love Effie to death, but I, I gotta be honest. I was a little worried about the big gay brunch. Mm. Um, just, you know, I it was like, yeah, like we've grown and there's definitely a lane for us. But this is just so loud and like in your face. We're gay. Get some mimosas, and you know, it's just. <laughs> yeah. I was worried that it was it was it was probably like too in your face, uh, but I am I'm so happy to know that I was completely wrong. It was it was such a fun show, and it was so well attended. I it it blew my mind. So. Uh, it, it means everything to me for me to just to see that growth um, 
and and I can't wait for the reaction for Butch versus Gore. Uh, we, we had to do it COVID style, so there wasn't a, a live a live crowd, but I, I think it's going to move some numbers as well. I think it's going to get a lot of people talking, and I think it's going to force them to do another one next year. The, the demand, I think the demand is going to be high. So I'm excited. No, I'm, I'm excited to see, to see it too. Um, and I, I don't know, I'm just, I, I love the idea from the beginning. I I'm a big tournament guy. So like, I'm just, yeah. Oh, I was into it. <laughs> oh, you were here for it. Yeah. Always. I mean, also like I've had Billy on the show like multiple times. Like I I've, I've enjoyed watching everything that Billy has done over mm-hmm. the past year as well. And I don't know. It's just, it's interesting though, that you, that you talk about like maybe being like too in your face with it, because like, mm-hmm. you're not the first person that, that I think has made that, that concern out there. And, mm-hmm. and it, it's a valid one considering like where you're going into, like with GCW, like let's face it, GCW, it's not really known as like the most accepting crowd. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. like I don't think I'm like, you know, surprising anybody by saying that, but especially whenever you have like so many different um, identities on, on this show and so many mm-hmm. different, um, I mean, let's face it, like Effie had been teasing everything that was going to go into that two hot for TV match for so long that like you knew something <laughs> like super gay was coming out of it. Man. <laughs> wild. So wild. <laughs> Good God. But it is, I think it was a valid concern, but at the same time, like, I think that, and and I've heard Billy make this comparison as well that like if Butch versus Gore is the starcade for queer wrestling, then like the big gay brunch is the more bombastic, like the um I won't go so far as to say WrestleMania because like I don't know if if Evie wants to have that connotation put on that show. But like it's that sort of thing, you know what I mean? Like it's it's, it's still yeah. good wrestling, <laughs> but at the same time, like it's way more like in, in your face in a way. Yeah, uh, about it, about what it wants to say. So but I, think- I like that it's a balance, though, and mm-hmm. I think that's where you're where you're getting at. I, you know, instead of me being concerned, I should have just kind of stepped back and, and saw both, and 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 realized that it is a balance, and, and that that way you kind of get every every lane, everybody's included, everybody's involved. So I agree. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, but even on the Big Gay Brunch itself, like your match was completely different from from the other stuff there. Like you and Ashton teaming up against the Sea Stars, the Sea Stars, yeah, in, in the opener, which is I I I really enjoyed that match as well. I mean, I, every match on that show was great for for different Thank reasons. You. Yeah, definitely. You and Ashton make such a great team, and like I've seen matches where y'all face each other and it's still yeah. good. But like you two together, like there's just like a synergy mm-hmm. there. What was it like for you to like know that you were going to be teaming with Ashton on that show specifically? Um, it was it was funny because we we originally were supposed to be in that eight man tag or, or whatever. Oh, um, and for, right, and for whatever reason it got switched. I, I don't know why. It's more of an ethy question. But when we found out that it was going to be us, uh, we just kind of laughed because you know he was one of the first people that I met at the four. Uh, once I started training and uh, and I think that's just where that that chemistry comes from honestly we just we're just out there having fun uh, <laughs> you know I, I don't even know what to say we just, you know we're just out there having fun and we didn't have a whole lot of time to call it and we went up first and we were kind of like freaking out and then we were kind of like you know what 
F it. We know each other. Let's just have fun. Let's just do this. And so that's what that was. <laughs> you know, knowing that connection, like what was it like to see Ashton get the, the call for the Cassandra Cup as well alongside you? So I was elated for it because I feel like he's, he's very underrated. Um, he's been good for so long. He's been good longer than I've even been a wrestler. So it, it's really good. It's really, I'm glad to see his, his comeuppance now. Um, and I think it took so long because hit one of his best strengths is making other people look good. And I think when you, you constantly get, you know, that it's, uh, it's harder to notice that, you know, it's him, that it's him putting in the work too. It's him making that person look good. And I think people are now starting to realize, oh, we got another one. Add him to the dungeon family. We got another <laughs> one down there that's <laughs> that's making waves and is really, really good. So I, I'm really happy. Yeah, mm. I'm glad he was there. No, I'm 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 right there with you. Like he's you know, he's somebody that has not really gotten his just due over yeah. the years, and I'm I'm happy to see him get more and more opportunities now. Um, way overdue. Way overdue. Yeah, 100% agree. Yeah. Staying on the topic of representation, though, because like you, you brought it up whenever you were like listing, like, yes, you are gay, but also you are black. And I think that mm -hmm. the past year, obviously, there's been a, a ton of renewed focus on uh, the black community, um, you know, racial equity um, mm -hmm. and, and a lot of and, and pro wrestling has been part of that conversation with uh, almost a year's worth of events that are specifically tailored and featuring black talent, mm -hmm. you know, obviously for the culture. Um, you were there for that in October as well. Um, mm -hmm. We saw the Black, the Black Wrestlers Matter show start up, and they're running again on mm -hmm. the 15th this year, which yep. is awesome to see. Um, but most recently, like you were part of OWA's Good Trouble, and yeah. I I brought this up with Miles, and and I was interested to see his reaction, and I'm interested to see your reaction as well, because the term Good Trouble is like synonymous with Atlanta because of John yeah. Lewis. Yeah. What was it like? John Lewis was the man down here. Oh, hell John yeah. Lewis was the man. Yes. Dude, if somebody that could, was a if somebody in that city could walk on water, it was John Lewis. <laughs> like, let's be real. Let's be real. Like, like that man, yes. like, oh my God. Um, but what was it like for you to to be on that show? A show that carried the, that legacy of John of John Lewis mm -hmm. in, into Black History Month in the way that it did. So I have to be completely honest. I knew about the phrase "good trouble" in the title, but when um, I was talking to the guys uh, about doing this show, and they were like, "Oh yeah, it's called Good Trouble," and blah blah blah, I didn't put two and two together. Mm. I did not know that it was going to be a show uh, featuring only. Uh, black talent. Oh, and so as the sh as he's like announcing the matches, I knew what match I had, but like as he's announcing the matches, I'm like, wait a minute. And then he puts out the main the the main poster, and I'm like, oh, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> and so as it got closer, then I was like, oh, I felt so dumb, but I just didn't know beforehand. I didn't know that that's what the plan was. Uh, so I, I, I kind of like it better that way, to be honest, to where things just kind of fall into place mm -hmm. rather than it being, hey, we're sticking our flag down and this is what it is. So I kind of like that because uh, 
I, I, that's also kind of stimulated to, to the John Lewis approach. Uh, like, yeah, he's a leader. Yeah, he was out there for civil rights, but he, he you know, it's, he's not in your face. He's very strategic with how he fought. So um, I thought that was kind of a, a, a cool comparison too, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and, and I think that, that you're spot on with that sort of like very like understated uh, like movement in, in a way like mm-hmm. but but also like at the same time you're building up something that actually has some has substance behind it right right yeah i'm i'm curious like knowing like you know the the reverence that the city of atlanta has for for john lewis like mm-hmm. once you did realize make that connection did that add any like added resonance to being on that on that show for you <sighs> yes uh and it was so many things, the, the fact that it was named after him, uh, the fact that uh, Jonathan Gresham was in the main event, um, and so many people that I look up to were on the card, uh, Trish, uh, Myron, Trey Lamar, who I had the match with, the love Trey, and even, e- even Miles, even Miles, like I know he's just now like starting to really get out there, but like I look up to him, he's very positive, I think he's really good. Um, so yeah, I, I was happy to be on that show. Very, very happy to be on that show, man. And I'm, yeah, I'll say this. Yeah, I'll say it. It was the most professionally ran independent show I have ever been on. Really? Not trying to knock anybody, <laughs> but I was blown away by how everything was handled backstage. And I made sure to tell him that in the email, like, hey man, like. I, I, I really ask with you. I, I like what you're doing here. Thank you. So, was there anything particular about how the show was run that made it stand out to you in that way? Well, when we walked in, we, every wrestler had a separate folder with their itinerary and their payment already in. Catering was ready on the side. We had the COVID guidelines listed here. You know, the symptoms of this. Look out for this. Um, everything was just down to a T just organized and like I mentioned earlier growing up with my father and him being so militant and, and ex-marine and it, it just I was at home you know I felt comfortable I was like yes I know what I'm doing at 417 so <laughs> <laughs> it was just it was really cool I'm glad yes <laughs> and he he let us leave early because I think it was a we, it was some type of snowstorm coming through and you know we from the south we don't know how to handle that snow so we had to get up out of it <laughs> Yeah, no, I trust me. Like I was gonna ask you, like, how are you handling the the storm at the moment? <laughs> but... Well, it hasn't it hasn't hit us just yet. It's affected my job, and I work from home, so like a lot of our systems were down. Mm. But as far as like the power here, we're good. Okay. But, yeah, the company overall, they were having some issues, but it hasn't hit us yet. It's super super cold for us. That mm. is, but no snow just yet. Uh, well, hopefully y'all are able to to avoid some of the stuff that we're seeing in other places right now and, and just stay safe from, from all the stuff. You know, like, we shutting it down as soon as oh we see God. it. Oh, God. We're shutting it down. I'll, I, I'll be transparent about it. We were emailing back and forth setting up this interview. Like I told you, mm-hmm. like I was there when Snowpocalypse hit. Like I was in Marietta and I was trying to like drive on those roads and that was not happening. Like. Man people like that that was a fun day i remember that (laughs) (laughs) like that city shuts down people sleeping on the side of the highway shut down yep had to walk home i remember that yep it was it was crazy Mm. i think we were down for like a whole week i want to say lord maybe i don't know maybe but i know it was bad 
it was bad yes yeah so but yes like hopefully everything goes goes well out there but um back back to the topic that on hand though like um seeing all these shows in in the past year especially in the wake of uh, all the the protest movement that we saw last mm-hmm. summer um that are making a point to highlight black talent and yeah. seeing that kind of start to bleed out to other independent companies like trying to put more of an emphasis on not just black talent but marginalized talent as a whole um yeah do you think that pro wrestling is um moving in in the in the right um direction in in those instances and do you think it's moving fast enough um as far as fast enough i think that's debatable i'll be completely honest with you i don't know if i have an answer to that i think Mm. looking back i think if we skipped ahead maybe 10 or 15 years and look back i'll be able to tell you whether it was fast enough or not um i mean i want to lean towards no obviously but you know you just never know uh, but I do think, what was the first part of that question? I'm sorry. Oh, uh, so basically, um, do you, do you feel like the, uh, the, mo- the push for more marginalized, uh, talent on shows, not just focused on the, mar- on marginalized communities, do you mm-hmm. think that that, that pro wrestling is moving in the right direction in that aspect that you think like more people are starting to, to do that now? Yes. Yes, I, I do think we're, we're moving in the right direction, uh, simply because it's going to make uh, wrestling more diverse than it's ever been. Um, and not even just terms of, of race, but just in terms of stories, in terms of culture, you have so many different kind of people now that are getting involved. Um, so many uh, cultures and demographics that were at, as children, it wasn't cool to watch wrestling. Now it is. It's cool for everybody too. So now you're going to have more perspectives coming in. You're going to have more lifestyles coming in. You're going to have more ideas. Uh, so who knows what wrestling shows will look like uh, in the future, what the venues will look like, um, how, how matches will be structured, uh, storylines, different archetypes. I think a lot is about to, to change in a good way. I feel like we're about to have a lot of everything and I'm really excited uh, because after a while you just get bored it's the same old same old not that it's bad but you just you know where this is going and I think you know I think it'll be really really cool to not know where it's going you know it's exciting you know yeah so I'm looking forward to it one thing that was interesting to me like listening to um the interview that you did after good trouble um was that I, you said something that I'd never had really heard before is that you know black people don't watch pro wrestling or didn't watch pro wrestling and like mm-hmm. granted you know i'm a i'm a i'm a white kid like i'm not gonna be i'm not gonna know all that stuff you know i'm, I'm from mm-hmm. a different position um in that sort of thing but i just never really heard that before and and i was curious to ask you like where where exactly yeah. did, did that statement come from like what informs that do you think it was just from my youth like growing up like we they just weren't watching it and if you were they made fun of you for it 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 was kind of something that you know in our community you watch football and you watch basketball like those are the sports that you or the athletes that you look up to uh not not booker t why are you watching that you know what i'm saying so um i think in 
uh, to what I just said, like I think it's it's gonna bring a whole new different demographic or a stronger demographic. Uh, so pretty much like what Ray Mysterio did in the the early to mid two thousands for the Hispanic demographic. I think we're gonna ha- we're gonna have that influx now uh, for African Americans. So I think that'll be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Are, have you started to notice that that sort of starting to change already? Like it, just in like you working around city the the Atlanta area and the birds going out to other places now? Yes. Yes. With like the youth, mm. not so much my peers, but people 15, 14 and under. Yes. Even at the action shows. Yes. Uh, Southern honor is another show that I do in Georgia. Yes. I, I'm starting to see uh, more black and brown faces at the shows, which is really cool. And like we were saying earlier, representation matters. It's showing up because I feel like they have more people to look up to. They see an Ashton Star. They see a, a Joe Black. They see a David Ali. They see a Owen Knight. And you know, so I the, the more and more we push out there, the you know, the more they'll come. And that's a bigger gate for everybody. So why not? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Do you take any personal pride in like being part of that that crop that is bringing people back? to or bringing the, the youth of, of the black community to pro wrestling is something that they can't yeah. enjoy yeah i uh i went to when i debuted in beyond there was a guy i'm forgetting his name i feel so bad but he hit me up afterwards and said um it was really really cool to see you i'm so glad you're here i hope you come back and like I, I, he, he flat out said it. I, I want to see more black wrestlers. I want to see more black wrestlers. He kept saying that. And if I had to guess, he'd be maybe, I want to say maybe ninth, ninth, 10th grade. So just seeing that, it was just one guy, but just seeing that, like that just made my, my entire experience going to be on. So <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. And so we just want to do that on a regular. We just want to do that on a regular. It's as simple as that. We're not, trying to take anything from anybody is nothing like that. We just want to be able to add to what we already love. That's all. Exactly. You know, and, and I'm glad to hear that, that, that you're already getting response there and that we are mm-hmm. seeing the growth that we're seeing in terms of diversifying the pro wrestling scene, especially on the independent mm-hmm. level in the way that we are. Um, I guess as we're winding down here, um, mm-hmm. I'm curious, like, obviously we, we don't know like us, the public, don't know what we're in store for with the Cassandro Cup just yet. Uh-huh. But um, if you like, just I guess, what was the experience like filming that and, and being back under that Butch versus Gore banner? And like, what yeah. can what can fans expect on March twenty eighth? Ooh, it was a it was a lot of fun. Um, uh, probably the most fun I've ever had backstage. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what you can expect uh, uh, a show, uh, it, it's got something for everybody. You know, it's not just wrestle, 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 wrestle. You have entertainment, you have pageantry, uh, you have good commentary, you've got a great announcer. It's, it's, a, it's a very well put together show. Um, uh, I can't give anything away. <laughs> uh, but. It, I'm really excited for people to see it. And I, I, man, I hope next year we can do it in front of a crowd, to be honest. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. 
it's going to be a key, as we say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, anything involving Billy and Lowe turns out to be a key at some point. So yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> Well, AC Mac, thank you so much for for taking the time Thanks to come for having on the me. Show. Let everybody know where they can find you online. Um, so I am AC Mac everywhere, either AC Dash Mac or AC underscore Mac. Uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram. Uh, I have shirts on Pro Wrestling Tees and What a Maneuver. Uh, just search AC Mac there. My store is there. Um, promoters and bookers. Mm-hmm. You can hit me up at letsbookacmac at gmail.com. Um, I think that's it. We got some more announcements coming up soon. I hate that I can't disclose anything now, but we got some we got some really big announcements coming up soon that I think people are going to be really excited for. So uh, I yeah, can't wait to see on the lookout. <laughs> I'm glad. That, I'm glad that we finally have the brackets for the for the tournament, though. I guess I'm I I am yes. here for you and Joshua Wavera. I am here yes. for that first round match. Ooh, I can't say oh. anything. As a... I can't. <laughs> also, speaking of that, can we talk about these graphics? Oh yes, Kristen Ooh. over at um at at Tiger Driver Nine X has Man. been killing it with this tech and stuff. They need an award because yo, <laughs> so good. <laughs> And, and Billy told us when we were filming, he told us what the idea was and what the concept was. So we kind of had an idea of what the graphics would look like, but I had no idea. And I'm a mark for that stuff. I don't know if I said that earlier. I love graphics. I love posters. I love Titantrons, all that good jazz. And that, man, that looks good. Yeah. <laughs> that looks good. I was really proud of that. No, they, share, what, share, 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 share. <laughs> went above and beyond. Like, who would ever thought that you would be on like a Mortal Kombat character selector, right? Man, <laughs> or I love I guess- it. And I'm, I'm so big on fighting games too, so it was just so cool. Like, I just watched the video on loop just for so long because <laughs> <laughs> it's just so cool. No, no, it's 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 dope, and and they they outdid themselves. Like that is just outstanding work. I I don't know they're. They're killing it graphic wise with anything they do. Yes. But everything over at Tiger Tiger Driver 9X is just outstanding. All their like merch, all their gear stuff. Yep. Like, so good. And Jay Lee Photography, they uh they did the pictures that they used for the graphics. So it was just everybody and we all we did all of that all in one day. All the promos filmed, all the matches, everything was Ooh. man, everything came together smoothly. I was here and it was a late night, so <laughs> <laughs> No comment. Don't <laughs> <laughs> no worry. You're not getting me in trouble. Oh no, no. I'm not well that's cool. I'm not I don't want to get you in trouble. March 28th, Cassandro Cup, AC Mac is in the tournament. It's gonna to be outstanding. AC, thank you so much for coming on LGBT in the ring. Thank you for having me. Thank you, man. No worries. My thanks once again to AC Mac for, for coming on the show and, and taking the time out to, to speak with me here today um you know this was i don't know this was really fun uh and i <laughs> didn't take me long i actually i went and looked and i found those uh wwa4 dvds that we were talking about there and i probably haven't touched them in about a decade but i still have them uh oddly enough they they made the trek from atlanta to portland and everywhere in between somehow but yeah i don't know i'm just <laughs> I don't know. I'm, it's it's just awesome to have a, a little piece of that there, and to, and to have that that common ground that that 
uh, AC and I could, could connect over there. But um, definitely go if you haven't seen the Good Trouble show yet, go check it out on IWTV. Go check out um, the action show um, Eyes on the Throne uh, over there on IWTV as well. And make sure to come back to IWTV on March 28th for the Cassandro Cup, where AC Mack is going to take on Joshua Wavera in the first round of the tournament. The brackets have been announced. They're out there in the wild, as well as what is clearly uh, the hottest battle in all of pro wrestling with the recently announced match between MV Young and Devon Monroe. Um, also, stoked to see that um, the Big Gay Brunch is making a return. Uh, Effie's Big Gay Brunch is going to be running during the collective weekend down in Tampa. Um, you know, I have my feelings uh, disparate around um, having so many shows in, in one spot in a place that's having a lot of COVID uh, death spikes right now. But, um, you know, if they're going to run the show. I'm glad that the Big Gay Brunch is part of it. I'm glad that Alley Cat's Real, Real Hot Girl shit is part of it again. I'm glad that For the Culture is part of it again. Uh, it's just, you know... If you're going to run it, make room for everyone to be able to be down there. And I'm glad that spaces are being uh, carved out. And who knows, there's still a big TBD on the IWTV Showcase uh, event listing for that for that weekend as well. So who knows, maybe there's something else happening. Maybe. But that's all that's happening for us here this week on the show. Uh, we will be saying goodbye for now, but we will be we will be back next Thursday with another uh, interview, uh, another fresh episode for everyone here uh, on the Outsports Podcast Network. Uh, but until then, y'all stay messy, wash your hands, wear your mask, and be both mad and gay. Bye. Everybody's ready to die. If they didn't see it coming from the top of the bridge, she made a deal with the demon so her lover could live. But the moon is high.